Welcome to episode 467 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I'm talking more about mythology and the paranormal. As always, you can find all episodes of the show along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Uh, thank you all for listening, whether you are here on the live stream on Discord or if you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Uh, There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin for producing the shows, uh, Liam Martin of the Exile Minds podcast, uh, for producing the shows and putting them up up on the station. I cannot talk tonight. That's not good. Um, And uh, if you'd like to support the show... There are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and or rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. Also, if you'd like to uh, um, hear extra material, um, extra true paranormal stories from the web episodes, at least one a month, um, you can join the Patreon at any membership tier and uh, hear uh, those over there on my Patreon page. If you would just like to make a one-time donation, you can do that through PayPal and Venmo. And all those links are always in the episode descriptions uh, and on the podcast page and, um, and of course, in Discord. And um, um, help is never expected, but always appreciated, especially if you would like to see um, me get into more, um, basically, better equipment and or more research materials available to me, just... um, any help is appreciated and does uh, does help out. So, um, also there are um, travel expenses. I will be going to the Mid Michigan Paracon this year, and that's in uh, the Soaring Eagle Casino in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, a casino and resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. That is November fourth and fifth. That's a Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I also always include the link to that event on the um, episode description. So. You can check that out. I'll be going there to um, uh, make recordings of myself talking about um, the different paranormal topics that are discussed there and also um, do recordings with anyone else who is interested while, while I'm there uh, in talking about the paranormal in general and or their own experiences. And then I will um, bring those recordings back and share them on the show. So um, I think that covers everything. Um, Again, this is my continuing series on uh, mythological creatures, and uh, so getting um, getting a good ways into that that uh, list that I've, I've been using. Um, they were having problems loading the second half or the next part of the list earlier to the, on their website, and I was trying to get beyond the the um, first section there, and it wasn't loading. So I'm hoping that um, that was just a temporary thing. If that wasn't, then I will um, find some other sources and uh, finish off this list as this series of episodes as best as I can. 
and we'll go from there. I'm not too worried, but um, you never know with websites. Um, things are always, uh, it's always possible for there to be mistakes and or um, changes that, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, mess up websites as time goes on as well. So, but I think I should still have enough to get through today. Um, so, and speaking of that, uh, getting back to my main document here. And of course, this is all based on material that I then had summarized with the help of um, different AI tools. And uh, that's what I'll be, the, the summaries are what I'll be reading today. So, um, getting back to the list here, the next one on this list is Goblin. And uh, Goblins are mischievous and vengeful creatures found in European folklore, often living in mountains and mines. Uh, they have magical abilities and are known for stealing valuables from humans. There are ten sub-races sub of goblins with different appearances and abilities, like kobolds, hobgoblins, and knockers. That's also... I think part of where the phrase Tommyknockers, which is, of course, made famous, I think, in a way by Stephen King's novel, by that name. Um, kobolds is one of those those um, subtypes that um, has their own entry, so I'll, I'll be talking about them again at some point. Um, also, whenever, now, whenever, now I was looking at this, and I can't help but think about, um, I believe it's in the, at least in Diablo 3, I don't know if it's in any of the other games in that series, but they have these treasure goblins that, um, will appear at random that you can chase, and then if you catch it, you can uh, it'll leave objects that you can use. So that's kind of funny. Um, now that I think about it, and then once in a while they'll even once in a great while they'll even leave like a little portal to a hidden level you can go through. So anyway, that's for anyone interested in video games. But uh, sorry if uh, for those of you that aren't. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, Goblins typically have unkempt hair and green skin, but can shapeshift or appear more human-like. They originated in 14th century France and became popular in medieval tales. Goblins appear in modern fiction like Harry Potter, um, running Gringotts Bank, apparently, as well as games, and that's where the Diablo 3 reference comes in, uh, films and books. Uh, similar mythical creatures include gnomes, fairies, gremlins, ogres, and uh, trolls. We did cover uh, gnomes and fairies earlier. So, uh, all our mischievous tricksters uh, says, "Well, not overtly. Excuse me. Well, not overtly evil. Goblins are genu generally seen." as uh, malicious troublemakers who relish in causing problems for human humankind. Uh, their magical abilities make them dangerous. So, and of course, these are just summaries based on what I've found online, so I don't claim to know anything for sure. So just keep that in mind. Um, but it is interesting to look at all these summaries and things. So, um... So yeah, that's the goblin. Like I said, I've I've encountered it mainly in a. I I, I have uh, 
heard of them in, in books and in fiction and things, but a lot of, um, like I said now, there's that uh, reference for me to video games now, whenever I think of them, which is really funny because it's a high-tech, in a way, thing that I'm thinking of that has something from centuries ago in it. So uh, The next one is Golem. Uh, G-O-L-E-M. Golems are giant humanoid monsters made of clay, usually created to uh, serve uh, serve Jewish rabbis, apparently, or magicians. They are crudely shaped, often lacking facial features, but very large and strong. Golems are obedient, but can be uh, unintelligent and clumsy. Some develop free will and go rogue. Uh, they have magical abilities from their creators, like invisibility or summoning spirits. Uh, Jewish texts describe how to create golems by uh, inscribing a scroll or a word of power. Removing the scroll or word can destroy them. And that's talking about in the actual form of the creature. Uh, famous stories include the golem of uh, Kelm, or Chelm, the golem of Prague, who went on rampages, and the golem of Vilna. I'm not sure if I'm saying any of those names right. I apologize. Uh, golems originated in Jewish folklore and the Talmud. Talmud. I'm sorry if I'm saying that totally wrong. Uh, now they appear in fantasy books, games, and movies. Uh, to Jewish people today, golem is an insult, hmm. meaning someone unintelligent or clumsy. Overall, golems represent the potential dangers of creating powerful but unthinking servants who can turn against their masters. So, um... So that's that entry there. The next one here is Griffin. Uh, griffins are mythical creatures with the head, wings, and front legs of an eagle and the body and back legs of a lion. Uh, they, they represent a combination of the king of the birds, eagle, and king of the beasts, lion. Uh, griffins are known for being noble, protective, and fearsome, especially in guarding treasure and fighting evil. They have great physical strength as well as magical abilities like healing uh, or like healing vision palms. Huh. Griffins originated in ancient Egypt and Iran art around uh, 3,000 B.C., before becoming popular in Greek and Roman culture. In medieval times, they were a, 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 a Christian and Muslim symbol used in churches and poetry. The body parts were valued by alchemists. Their body parts, excuse me. Uh, griffins remain common in modern fantasy books, games, and movies as powerful magical creatures and guardians. Overall, the griffin combines the majesty of a lion and uh, flight of an eagle. 
in a into a ferocious hybrid ferocious hybrid uh, creature unmatched in its loyalty and strength. So um, that's an interesting one. I've heard the name before, um, and I, I'm sure I've seen different versions of it in in uh, fiction before as well, and read about it, but um, never really looked into it on its own. So. Uh, the next one now, we did do a show uh, on, on this topic before. So I'm interested in what this has to say about it. And again, that was with uh, um, the Arcane Observer, uh, Jen, and uh, who has a show also on the Choma Minds Radio Network, uh, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. And, um, but this is the Grim Reaper. Now, we talked all about it, so this is just going to be a brief description here. But, um, but it was a lot of fun to do that show, and... Uh, Definitely recommend going back to that one uh, if you're interested. Uh, the Grim Reaper is a spectral personification of death in Western culture. It is de- he, is de- he, he is depicted as a tall figure in a black cloak and hood, carrying a scythe to reap, in quotation marks, souls. Beneath the cloak, he is often shown as a skeleton or a void. He sometimes travels by ghostly white horse. Um, let me see here. Though sinister looking, he is not evil, but simply does his job diligently in guiding souls to the afterlife. His abilities include separating souls from bodies and serving as a psychopomp to guide spirits to the next realm. Uh, the Grim Reaper emerged in 14th century Europe during the Black Death, uh, representing the horror of death. Before this, death was depicted more positively. Uh, His iconic look was uh, likely inspired by plague doctors' outfits. The name came later in the 19th century. Today, the Grim Reaper remains a prominent figure in horror, fantasy, and mythology as the most vivid personification of death. So, that's interesting. That does seem to match some of what um, we, we talked about in that one show. So, um, But yeah, neat one there as far as the, the way... So I think this happens a lot more probably than we, we realize. These figures that may look like they're... And not all, but some of these figures that look like they are... Um, dangerous or, or negative, they may not be so bad after all in some cases. Um, sort of the whole point of the show in a way. So, um, but yeah, definitely recommend checking out that show. And uh, I am pretty sure I have Grim Reaper in the title of it, so you can go and look at look back at that one. Listen to that one for more on that topic. Uh, let's see here. So, moving on to the next one here. Now, I had, um, the next one here is the Hellhound. I had sort of mentioned this in relation to the Black Dog, but apparently this is more of a separate thing, I'm guessing, um, based on what the summary says, but maybe they're connected, I'm not sure. This, um, there do seem to be connections between multiple, um, entries, multiple, um, sections of this website that I am summarizing here, so it could be that they're Connected. Uh, hellhounds are ma- monstrous dogs associated with death and the afterlife. Uh, 
They are larger than normal dogs and have black fur and glowing red or green eyes. Uh, hellhounds are often portrayed as guardians protecting treasures or entryways to the underworld. They attack only if provoked. Uh, hellhounds have supernatural abilities like incredible speed and strength, shapeshifting, and mastery over fire. Their most feared power is sensing uh, impending death. Uh, hounds appear in many cultural myths, including Greek, Cerberus, uh, Eastern, Tiangu, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, and Okuri Inu, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right either, English, um, the Bargest, Bargest, I'm not sure about that one, Black Shuck, and another one I have no idea how to say that because it's all consonants. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, Scandinavian, Odin's Wolves, uh, Church Grimms, and Native American, uh, let me see, Cadeo, not sure if I'm saying that right or not. Um, Cadejo, not sure if I'm saying that, any of that right, so I apologize. But basically, the idea is that these are these are all sort of this idea is, uh, appears in all these different cultures around the world. Excuse me. Um, so modern incarnations of hellhounds appear in popular books, video games, and movies. Writers draw from uh, uh, traditional legends to add their but add their own twists, which definitely seems to fit. Um, just what I've heard over time about that so um and i think that's that's going to happen over time uh people will sort of find what works and what doesn't and uh sort of um when they're making books or stories or movies they'll sort of take what what works and add things as needed and uh and when it comes to fiction so uh definitely common i i've done that myself uh Sort of with the Grim Reaper thing as well. So, uh, let me see here. And just uh, since I mentioned it, I should say that um, if you're wondering about what book I'm talking about, uh, that would be my novel From Unknown, and that can be found on Amazon. I didn't plan to uh, to plug that, but um, since it does sort of fit the topic there, uh, the Grim Reaper discussion there. So, um, getting back to the list here. I'm not sure how you say this next one. It's spelled I-F-R-I-T. Uh, Ifrits are creatures from Arabic mythology considered a type of uh, jinn, spirit beings. Their name refers to their rebellious nature. According to legend, they, are, they were one of the first beings created by, uh, by Allah, made of... Smokeless fire. So these are talking about yeah. Odd thing about this list here, they don't have the the D that I've usually seen in that spelling of um of Jin. So uh but they're made of smokeless fire. They resented humans made of clay as uh Allah's favorite favorite creature favorite creatures. And this is all getting according to mythology. So I don't claim to know anything here, but and I apologize for the noise from Logan, the cat. Uh, the iconic Ifrit is Iblis, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, who d disobeyed Allah by refusing to bow to Adam. Interesting. 
I think I've heard various versions of this. He was cast out of heaven, but spared until Judgment Day. Iblis is sometimes equated with Satan. Okay, so that's why I thought I'd heard of that before. Uh, Ifrits have free will and can be good or evil, but most are portrayed as malicious, using tricks and magic to lead humans astray. Uh, Ifrits can shapeshift into animals, humans, or their true smoky form. Uh, legend says they may appear as blackened humans. I wonder if they mean as in, like, burned? I wonder, huh. Um, magic and prayers are believed to give power over efforts. The myth of wishing lamps comes from stories of of them uh, found in objects. Uh, I'm sorry, bound to objects by magic. Uh, sightings persisted in Egypt until the early 1900s. Some excavations of Egyptian tombs were said to be cursed by Ifrits. Huh. So they're also distinguished from other jinn like Merid. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. They are uh, considered powerful and rebellious spirits that originated in ancient Middle Eastern folklore. So, um, that's, that's that, art, that link right there, or that uh, section right there. Um, a lot of, it's amazing how so, so much of this stuff ties together from one location to another around the world. That's one of the most amazing uh, things to me, is the way some things seem to be uh, variations, or just even have different names, um, and slightly different descriptions. But uh, but the events seem to be the same from one area to to another, and uh, that always amazes me. So, um, going on to the next entry here. Excuse me. Um, and this is, I think I've heard of this before, but I don't know much about it. But uh, Jackalope, J A C K A L O P E. The jackalope is a mythical cryptid described as a jackrabbit with antlers like a deer. It was invented in the 1930s by taxidermist brothers Douglas and Ralph Herrick, who mounted the jackrabbit head on deer antlers as a prank. Uh, the first jackalope was sold to a hotel owner named Roy Ball, who helped spread tales of its existence and backstory. As demand grew, the legend expanded to include traits like being large, aggressive, able to mimic human speech, and uh, fond of whiskey. That's quite the thing to add all that. Uh, though fabricated, the jackalope became a prominent figure in American uh, folklore and West Western culture there. The town of Douglas, Wyoming, has embraced its legend at, as the jackalope's birthplace, selling souvenirs and fake, uh, fake hunting licenses. licenses. Uh, possible inspirations include the Native American trickster god Mana 
Bozo? Bozo? Not sure if I'm saying that right. And horn rabbits afflicted with the Shope papilloma virus. Uh, while known to be a hoax today, the jackalope endures as a symbol of uh, American folklore and whimsical tall tales. So, um, but that's the end of that one. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all in the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.